Welcome to the Confident Money Podcast, where we talk money, finances, and accounting for real people without all the technical jargon, patronizing, and gatekeeping. I'm your host, Caitlin Magnuson, and I'm going to be your new finance bestie. Hey, welcome back. We are going to be talking about how to make a savings plan. And again, that may not sound like the sexiest, but especially with everything that's going on in the world right now and, you know, uncertainty and recession looming and everything, everything that makes us feel all the feels, I think that providing security for yourself in ways that feel aligned and ways that feel good for you is more important than ever before. And a really big part of that is feeling financially secure, whether we're in a recession or whether everything is just running along smoothly and everyone's really happy. It's something that we need to be thinking about because most of us want to retire. Most of us, you know, hopefully are planning to be around for some time and don't want to have to work the rest of our lives. I know that for me personally, I've talked about this a little bit. I really want to be work optional in the next 15 years, which would put me at 47. Does that mean that I expect to stop working? Probably not, but my goal would be to have enough cash flowing assets. That's a big word here, but to have enough cash flowing assets that my daily living expenses are taken care of. So my mortgage payment is able to be covered. You know, I have investments that are turning money over. I'm not needing to touch retirement accounts so that whatever work I do is gravy. It's aligned. It's, you know, exactly what I want to be doing. And that to me feels really safe. That feels really abundant. That feels really good when I think about that Um, because I love what I do, but I would also love the security of knowing that I did exactly what I wanted that day. You know, I was able to coach some really fantastic clients that I adore that no matter what I do, no matter what happens, everything in my life financially is taken care of. So let's talk about what that savings plan looks like, because a lot of you may be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like just getting going on retirement. Like I'm, I'm not even at this point and that's fine. You get to be at different points in your journey and there is nothing wrong with that. Some of you listening may be in your forties or fifties and maybe you're starting over. You know, maybe you've been divorced or you separated or you, you know, we're just making ends meet and are now at a point where you can be contributing to your savings, contributing to retirement and looking forward because this sounds all well and great, but if you're just trying to survive and you're in survival mode, I don't expect you to be putting a bunch of money away for savings. I don't expect you to be contributing to retirement and that's okay. So number one, we're going to give ourselves grace for wherever we are, wherever we have come from, whatever age we are, you could be 18 listening to this and getting a jump on everything. You could be 38 and listening to this and just now starting, or maybe you're getting started again after having taken, you know, a hiatus from contributing over the last few years because of COVID. So all of that is fine. We are where we are and there is no sense in beating ourselves up or shaming ourselves or letting that live in us for what would have been, what could have been, what we should have done. It's exhausting. We don't have time for that. So how to make a savings plan. Number one, we're going to start really, really small. So let's just pause for a second. Let's think about where you're at right now. Are you, you know, maybe making just enough that you can start setting a little bit extra aside. And like we've talked about baby steps, maybe that's $50 a month that you're able to set aside. Maybe it's $500 a month. You know, maybe you have been 
actively working on this over the last year. Maybe while student loans um, have been in forbearance, maybe you've been able to utilize that money or get ahead. So taking into consideration where you're at right now and then taking the next step. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see you having five different savings goals right now. We're going to pick really no more than two with maybe a third in there, but I would really like to see you prioritizing one to two savings goals. So what does that mean? Let's think about it for a minute. Depending on where you're at, depending on what your priorities are in life, that might be an emergency fund. That might be a travel fund. That might be a home down payment. That might be saving because you want to have children. That, you know, might be uh, remodeling your house because maybe you're in a place that you need to remodel or that it's not what you're looking for. And it's, you know, more cost-effective to do that. So you can have savings goals for many different things. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe and join our community at confidentmoneypodcast.com where we share resources and all of the money happenings. Plus, you can send feedback and suggestions for what you'd like to see covered in future episodes. That's confidentmoneypodcast.com. Okay, back to the show. But what I want you to do is I want you to pick the top two. If you know you had no other options and you just really had to prioritize, for most of us, that would be an emergency fund of some sort followed potentially by some debt payoff, which we talked about how to prioritize that before. You should be paying off high interest debt. And then we'd be coming back to whatever our next goal is. Maybe that's retirement. Maybe that's a house. Maybe that's um, you know additional investments outside of that. Maybe that's just feeling secure. So we're going to pick that first goal and we're going to automate whatever you can right now towards that. I'm all about automation. And again, we're going to start small. So what does an emergency fund look like? What do I recommend it looks like? For many of us, we're looking at an emergency fund that is about three months worth of expenses. So three months worth of expenses may feel really small. Um, So I'm not in the the Dave Ramsey camp, surprise, I'm not in the Dave Ramsey camp of $1,000 is sufficient. I think if anything, the pandemic has taught us that $1,000, while better than nothing, is not enough for the majority of us if something actually happens. So instead, I, and I still, I like to go on the underside rather than the overside. So we're looking at an emergency fund. We're looking at about three months worth of expenses. And again, this is whatever you personally feel comfortable with. Some people want to see a year's worth of expenses. Some people want to see six months. And it all depends, again, you, your financial goals, your individual situation, personal finances are personal. Make them so that it fits what makes you feel safe, what makes you feel confident in your money. Now, the reason that I like three months worth of expenses is because many times you can still cut some expenses. Many times if your income drops or someone's unemployed, you're generally not losing a hundred percent of your income at once. So you don't have to cover all of your expenses from savings, which means that three months worth of expenses can really end up being stretched sometimes to like six, seven, maybe eight months with alternate sources of income, with cutting some of your existing expenses. So again, we're looking at your average expenses right now. You're not looking at your bare bones. You're looking at like, this is Netflix. This is HBO. This is your gym. Three months of those expenses. So goal number one, we're working to have that set aside. 
A high yield savings account for that is great, but to be honest, putting it in a regular savings account is fine as well. Because for most of us, three months worth of expenses is probably not more than, you know, between 10 and $15,000. So yes, if you can open a high yield savings account, by all means, go for it, do it. But interest rates are still really low, so you're not gonna be making much on that money. And that's the other reason that I really like to keep the emergency fund amount as low as possible because the money that's sitting in your emergency fund becomes worth less with every passing month, with every passing year with inflation, because you're not going to be earning enough in interest to be able to keep up with inflation. So we're putting what we feel comfortable with in here. So you want to set a goal. You're going to look at three months. Again, that's my recommendation. Look at three months worth of expenses. And let's say that that is $10,000. Let's say you have $3,300 a month in expenses. Cool. That's our number one goal. We really want to hit that. We really want to feel safe and secure there. So let's prioritize it. So whatever it looks like when you've gone through your finances, you've compared your income to your expenses, your actual expenses, maybe you have an extra $250 a month left over and you're like, okay, cool. This feels great. Like, let's do this. Please don't go automate $250 right off the bat. Start small. Pull, you know, $50, $75 out of your paycheck if you are paid traditionally or set up an automatic transfer if you are self-employed and go ahead and have that start going. Give it three months, bump it again. Maybe then you can double it. Maybe you can actually go to 150 two times per month. So now you're hitting $300. And this is kind of our stretch savings goal at this point, right? Because we'd looked before and we're like, ooh, 250, like I really comfortably have 250 in my budget, in my budget, again, the anti-budget. So give it a second. You get up, you know, you kind of push that bound a little bit. You're like, ooh, I'm at $300 a month. Let's give it a little bit of time because that's going to take you some time to build your emergency fund, right? At this rate, that's even if you get up to $300 a month, it's going to take you almost three years to get that emergency fund built, which can feel really exhausting at times. Again, so much of money isn't sexy. It's literally just consistency over time. So while you're building that, we're looking at alternate ways to make more money. Maybe I'm not big. Like I talked about, I'm not big on decreasing expenses because again, you hit a point where you really can't decrease them anymore. I want you to still get your latte. I, you know, want you to still go do things. I want you to be able to have, you know, a walking treadmill at home or whatever it is that makes you happy. That's whatever makes life worth living, right? We're looking at doing that. So instead as you're looking at these goals and maybe you have a timeline, maybe you'd really like to have an emergency fund fully funded in a year. Cool. That's actually not that unattainable because now that we know what you can be contributing out of your existing finances, we can decide, are you looking to job hop? Are you looking to level up at your current position for a raise? What are you looking to do within your finances that can help you sweep more money into that account every month. Because ideally, if you want to be saving $10,000 a month, you need to be saving, I want to say it's like $867. Sure, if you want $10,000 in an emergency fund in a year, you need to save about $867 a month. That puts us actually just a little bit over $10,000 in a year. So that's about $500, $600 over that 250 that we've given in this example, right? Where could you be making an extra five to $600? Maybe you could save a hundred dollars a month by cutting things in your expenses. Again, weigh the quality of life versus the savings. If it's worth it by all means, but I really like to tackle it more from the income side. So where could you be making extra money? Now, 
if you're looking at self-employment options, let's remember that we kind of need to double that number because there's expenses, there's self-employment taxes, there's income taxes. So if you're looking for an extra $500 a month, we actually want to plan for you to make about a thousand. That should overshoot what you need for taxes and for business expenses and comfortably give you an extra $500 a month to be put into savings. Things you can be doing selling clothes on Poshmark. You could be, you know, helping out with a neighbor. Maybe you could take skills that you have in your day job. Maybe you, you know, do marketing or you do social media management or you do copywriting, um, or Hey, you do accounting, work comp, HR, um, depending on the clause that you have with your company, you could absolutely be, you know, looking to bring in some extra money there. If you are traditionally employed and you're looking for a career change, now's a great time. Um, I really recommend watching my TikTok or Instagram for that because we're talking a lot about like negotiating and job hopping and we'll be covering that further later this season. So thinking of ways that you can increase your overall income. Now keep in mind a $10,000 raise by switching companies, not that crazy. And that would hit your finance goal that we've given in this example, because once that finance goal has been hit, and if you have debt to pay off, you can then bounce back over to paying your debt off, right? That high interest debt, now that you feel comfortable, now that you have a buffer, the whole reason that I recommend and that a lot of finance figures recommend having this emergency fund set up is so that if you do have something pop up, if you have a car breakdown, if you have an animal that needs emergent vet care, if you yourself need care, you're not ideally having to put this back onto credit cards, personal loans, et cetera, that you're then you know digging yourself further into a hole. So that's where that three months of expenses, you know, comes from for you to have this buffer. Then we go pay off high interest debt, credit cards, some student loans, some personal loans, potentially some car loans, and we get those knocked out. And then the decision comes for investing in retirement and bumping all of those and trying to maximize them. So again, by focusing on this one goal, like I said, maybe two, maybe you have really high interest credit card debt that's almost paid off. You can split your focus but just know that it'll take a little bit longer for you to hit those goals because it's just math. So emergency fund, debt, next financial goal. And that next financial goal will look different for everyone. Uh, you know, for me, that looks like retirement, that looks like investing, and that looks like travel. I have a savings amount that I'm comfortable with set aside now. I have the majority of the debt paid down that I want to have paid down. So my biggest priority is retirement because again, I want time in the market. I'm going to be 32 very soon. And for me, having that money set aside and growing is really important. So I'm prioritizing that over paying off my house early because I've done the math. And for me, I come out a few hundred thousand dollars ahead in an average market return over the next 30 years versus paying my mortgage off early. Can that change? Will that change? totally good. Um, I'm human. I give myself permission to evolve for my, you know, goals to change and that's fine. So you need to be checking in with yourself because your goals may change. You know, maybe for you having student loan debt paid off is really important. That feels safe to you. Um, even if the numbers don't necessarily support it, right? Maybe it's a little bit lower interest, but for you, that is something that is really holding you back. This is where you make your savings goals, what they need to be. And it's, it's just so much simpler than we give it credit for. It's literally picking a goal, picking a dollar amount, making a plan, automating that plan, and then reviewing it every three months or so. Because again, we want this to be easy. 
We want this to be relatively painless. And I don't want you to go from not having been saving anything or saving a really small amount to automatically putting $500 or $1,000 or $2,000 a month towards savings. And then having to dip into that savings because nothing feels worse than overestimating what you can put in per month and just really like jumping, you know, feet first into this and then having to pull money out of your savings. It can destroy some of your confidence. There could be some shame wrapped up in it. It just, it doesn't feel abundant. It doesn't feel good. So that's why I recommend starting slow and then integrating that savings goal, integrating, increasing it into your lifestyle. Maybe you get a raise. Maybe your business profit is higher this year. Cool. We go adjust that number. You get a raise, take at least half of that raise and put it towards your goal every month. Like you can increase it by that because you're still going to have money that you get to play with, which is great. We want to raise, you've worked hard, you know, you're an intelligent, incredible individual. And so you deserve to enjoy your money. So by splitting that 50, 50 between your goal and allowing that back into your everyday life and being able to treat yourself, that's really important for you to feel fulfilled and not deprived. I'm not going to advocate for you to never have lifestyle creep, which means, you know, say you take a job that makes $20,000 more a year and all of a sudden your expenses are kind of like right back where they were. They're keeping up with what you're making. That's lifestyle creep. I'm okay with you having some lifestyle creep. I think that improving your lifestyle can be a really great thing. I just want to make sure that you're meeting your financial goals as well. So splitting that 50, 50, can be such a great thing because you are again, advancing towards your goals and also taking care of yourself, also improving your quality of life because there's no sense to be depriving yourself of everything that you love right now, just for the future. Just like I don't want you YOLOing and only living for the moment right now. It's striking a balance between the two, enjoying your life now and saving for future you. So think about it you know, think about what goals feel really good to you. What goals make you feel safe, taken care of and start there. If you loved this episode, make sure to leave a five-star review for a chance to win a free financial strategy session with yours truly, Caitlin Magnuson. We do the drawing the first week of every month and to be eligible, you'll want to leave a five-star review and include your IG handle so we can contact the winner. I'll see you next time where we'll chat real finances for real people.